The LexisNexis Emerging Issues Law Community Podcast. Presentations and interviews with leading attorneys and industry professionals. On this edition, immigration lawyer and Bender's Immigration Bulletin Editor Dan Kowalski of the Fowler Law Firm talks with Wendy Young, founding executive director of KIND, Kids in Need of Defense. The opinions expressed by guests interviewed on LexisNexis Legal Podcasts do not necessarily reflect those of Reed Elsevier Incorporated, LexisNexis, subsidiary companies, shareholders, employees, or customers, and should not be considered legal advice. This is Dan Kowalski, the editor of Bender's Immigration Bulletin, published by LexisNexis, and the online editor of Bender's Immigration Bulletin Daily Edition. My guest today is Wendy Young, the founding executive director of a very unusual but very important organization, Kids in Need of Defense, K-I-N-D, on the web at supportkind.org. They're also on Facebook and Twitter. Ms. Young is an attorney with a storied background. She worked for Senator Kennedy many years. Uh, She's been involved in immigration policy work for many years, and in 2008, Microsoft and the actress uh, Angelina Jolie formed this very unusual organization, and now Ms. Young is the executive director. In brief, KIND helps protect the basic human rights of refugee and immigrant children in the United States, many of whom come to escape abuse and persecution. Not many people know that every year more than 8,000 children come to the United States without a parent or guardian and are placed in U.S. immigration custody. Many of those children are escaping abuse, fleeing persecution, and seeking safety. When they are apprehended and face immigration proceedings, most of them must do so without a lawyer. And without a lawyer, most children don't understand the complex procedures they face and the options that might be open to them. Too often, children with viable claims and defenses are not able to present them, and they are sent back, they're deported, to uncertain and often perilous fates. Sometimes their well-being, even their lives, might be in danger. Now, KIND, Kids in Need of Defense, works to find pro bono lawyers to represent these unaccompanied children. KIND has partnered with uh, at least 43 law firms, maybe more by now, and corporations who have committed to providing pro bono support. Ms. Young, please tell the listeners about your background in immigration law, uh, how you came to work in immigration at all, and then finally, the route that brought you to KIND. Sure, and thank you, Dan. I was attracted to the immigration and refugee field primarily because I was interested in human rights and to me in many ways people who are on the move around the world are the human product of human rights abuses around the world and I don't think there's any group that's any more vulnerable than children. As you had mentioned, about 8,000 children arrive alone in the United States each year and these are kids who fled abuses in their home country. They're often subject to abuses as they migrate to the United States. Many of the girls, for example, that we work with have experienced sexual violence. And then, of course, they arrive in the United States and they're detained by the federal government pending the outcome of their immigration proceedings. 
Now imagine, you know, children as young as two years old who are caught up in this movement. Uh, the average age of the, ch the children we serve is about 14. But these kids are facing very formal courtroom proceedings under a very complicated area of law, immigration law, and they're not provided with counsel to help them navigate those proceedings. The impact of, for children of having counsel is huge. Um, statistics show that children that are represented by an attorney are three times more likely to obtain some form of protection in the United States and allowed to remain. Now, it's, it's hard to imagine that kids would be put into detention. I'm sure that most listeners are unaware of this uh, fact, this phenomenon. But on any given day, do you have a sense of statistics of how many unaccompanied minors are in immigration custody? Annually, the number, again, is about 8,000, and on any given day, there are probably 3,000 children in custody, and they're scattered in facilities across the United States. Many of them are clustered in facilities along the border in South Texas, where on any given day, you'll have from 350 to 450 children in custody. Initially, children are typically apprehended by the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, under the laws, DHS is to hold those children for a maximum of 72 hours. Then the children are transferred to the custody of the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Refugee Resettlement. And ORR maintains facilities across the country to house these children. Uh, kids can be in a detention for an average of 70 days, but that detention can last years while we sort out whether they will be allowed to remain in the United States or will be deported back to their home country. You also mentioned the fact that many of these children do not have attorneys. Now, you and I as immigration lawyers know that the statute provides that any immigrants uh, in removal proceedings, deportation proceedings, may be represented by counsel at no expense to the government. In practice, this means that you either pay for a lawyer or you get a volunteer lawyer or, as is often the case, you do without. Now, how, how does this affect children in particular? That's correct, and, and still, even with the resources that are being put into t generating pro bono representation for these children, about half the children go through proceedings unrepresented. I happened to be in the Baltimore Immigration Court a few months ago, and in walked a five-year-old girl. She was clutching a doll. She was accompanied by a relative who was a young woman who was barely uh, uh, an adult herself, and they had no lawyer with them. And this child had to sit in front of an immigration judge. And of course, the judge asks questions, and the child's unable to answer. In many cases, these youngsters don't even know what nationality they are. So the system is very, very dependent on pro bono representation, and that's really what KIND is all about. Uh, we're now actually partnering with 117 major law firms and corporate legal departments to um, to identify volunteer attorneys who are willing to take these cases on and make sure that that child's accompanied as they go into the court and can understand the proceedings that they're facing. I imagine that some of these volunteer attorneys, although they may be quite accomplished in their area of expertise, uh, have little or no experience in immigration court. Do you train them? Yes, we have to, and, and you're absolutely right. We have attorneys that practice securities law, they practice real estate law, they practice tax law, they pretty much practice anything but immigration law. So it's very important that we really be there for that attorney 
and train and mentor them through the entire process. The feedback that we receive from the firms is that they would not be willing to do this work without that kind of assistance because there's a recognition that the immigration laws are very complicated, they're often very contradictory, and of course their implementation can vary w wildly from place to place. What kind of support are you receiving from the government, uh, in particular the immigration courts and the executive office for immigration review? We do receive some funding, primarily through the Department of Health and Human Services, actually, to facilitate the provision of pro bono representation. But I can say that both the Executive Office for Immigration Review and HHS are very supportive of what we're trying to do, and I think they recognize the importance of having kids represented in the courtroom. I have talked to many immigration judges across the country that are handling these cases, and they are very appreciative of what we're doing because in some ways, it's just as hard on the immigration judge as it is on the child if they have an unrepresented child in their courtroom because it's very difficult to ascertain what is going on in that child's life that may make them eligible for relief. You spoke of the training that KIND provides to the volunteer attorneys. Uh, do you know what kind of training, if any, the government provides to the ICE attorneys, uh, the prosecutors, if you will, and to the immigration judges? Are they left to sort of follow your lead? Well, I, I will say that over the past decade or so, there's been increased focus on children in the courtroom. Part of that is because the numbers of children arriving in the United States have increased, so their presence is felt more. Um, but part of it is because of changes in the statute. Um, provisions passed as part of the Homeland Security Act in 2002 and later in the Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act have laid the groundwork for increased focus on the needs of children. And that includes training of the immigration judges and the asylum corps. Uh, the trial attorneys, I think, could probably use some additional training. Right. KIND has been working now since uh, 2008. It's grown quite a bit. You're in uh, several cities. Uh, what is in the future for KIND? What, what are your, your plans? What's the next step for KIND? Well, I'd say as soon as we opened our doors in January 2009, uh, it was confirmed to us that the need is huge. Cases started pouring through our doors, and we're currently serving about 3,000 children, and we've trained 3,200 volunteer attorneys to help them. But even with all of that and the fact that we're present in seven of the cities where there are the most unaccompanied children present, um, there's a lot more work to be done. So KIND's plan is both to solidify our operations in our seven site cities that we're currently in, but also to look in the future to expanding to new sites. We have set for ourselves the very ambitious goal that we will represent 100% of children who are currently unrepresented as they go through their proceedings. That's not a goal we're going to reach this year, but we're trying our hardest to reach it as quickly as we can. And looking forward, do you see the numbers of unaccompanied children based on, on your experience over the past few years? the numbers coming into the U.S. increasing or stabilizing. There have been some reports in the news in recent days that uh, unauthorized uh, immigration to the United States is actually dropping. Mm. What, what about the numbers uh, of children entering your organization, your, your system? Yeah, interestingly, children seem to contradict that overall trend. The number of kids that are arriving alone each year has actually ticked up every year. Um, Last year, in fact, we did exceed that 8,000 number and saw that 9,500 children arrived alone. It's difficult to ascertain why that might be the case, but I am surmising that, um, among other things, the fact that 
that our border controls have become stronger and more effective means that parents may be sending for their children rather than traveling back to pick them up and escort them into the United States. So I think that may be one factor. Secondly, I think that the fact that uh, the Department of Homeland Security is emphasizing interior enforcement more may mean that they're, they're picking up children in those operations. Now, what are the outcomes that you seek or that you often see in immigration court with your clients who are children? Do they get green cards? Do they get citizenship? Do they get some other kind of status? What, what's, what's the end result? The form of relief that uh, is most common among the children we represent is what's known as special immigrant juvenile status, which is a form of status that's granted to children who've been deemed by a U.S. family court to have been abused, abandoned, or neglected. Once that order is received from a family court, then the child is able to go to the Department of Homeland Security and apply for permanent residence. The second most popular form of relief is asylum. In other words, the child's found to be a refugee um, who is in need of protection from human rights abuses in their home country. And then there's a mix of other forms of relief, T visas for trafficked children, for example, U visas for children who are victims of serious crimes. Generally, these forms of status put children on the road to permanent residence, and then, of course, once they've fulfilled the residency requirement, they can become U.S. citizens. And I would say most of the children that we work with probably will end up as, as citizens. You know, they come here at a young age, they acclimate to the United States pretty quickly, and they want to be a part of our country. What is the average age of your clients, and what's the youngest and the oldest uh, children you've represented? The youngest at the moment is two, and our oldest is 18, and the average age is about 14 and a half. Uh, and about a third of our, our children are girls, and two-thirds are boys. If if you were uh, stuck in an elevator with uh, in a in a uh, building with a law firm and you were surrounded by <laughs> lawyers and you wanted to uh, buttonhole them and get them to volunteer for for kind, uh, what would you tell them? Well, first I would say this is one of the most compelling issues you can work on. I've had uh, pro bono attorneys literally come out of the courtroom, the child's crying and the attorney's crying as well. So it's, it, it's a very compelling issue to work on. And secondly, I think for a lot of attorneys, particularly those in the, in the corporate sector, it's an opportunity to have a courtroom experience and to be able to actually work with a client. And as you know, many attorneys don't actually have that opportunity in their careers. As we wrap up, do you have any final messages that you would uh, like to say to our listeners today? We welcome all volunteers. And in fact, you don't even have to be an attorney. We're constantly looking for interpreters. We're constantly looking for people who are willing to provide support to our casework, for example, by doing uh, country conditions research. Uh, we need all the help we can get. So if you're interested, please do visit your, our website at supportkind.org or contact us here in Washington. Thank you, Ms. Young. My guest today has been Wendy Young, the Executive Director of KIND, Kids in Need of Defense. They're on the web at supportkind.org and on Facebook and Twitter. For Bender's Immigration Bulletin, this is Dan Kowalski. Thank you for listening to this LexisNexis legal podcast. Visit the LexisNexis communities at www.lexisnexis.com community. The LexisNexis Emerging Issues Law Community Podcast, copyright 2011 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated.